<laughs> Every time we're like, we're like basically the same because we choose a time together. And every time I'm like, wow, that was like so well timed. Why do you keep that in? <laughs> I probably will. The way that I just butchered the, like that whole thing because I'm brain dead right now. Don't know how to talk. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Yes, I am. Hello, welcome to Oh Well Redbird, a podcast where a pair of millennials just talk about the stuff that interests us, um, the things that we're doing, kind of just us figuring out life. Um, this is supposed to be weekly. We're not quite on the weekly timeline just because life gets crazy. Yeah, we'll um, see how, but... mu- how much we keep up with the weekly, too, just because <laughs> life, is, life is crazy, but we'll talk about that in a second. Continue. Yeah. My name's Alexander. I'm the older of the two of us. I'm... I guess the elder millennial in this situation. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm joined by. Oh my god! No, go. You're good. I. Well, that's my fault. Um, I'm Jasmine. Uh, I'm the younger half, the younger millennial. Um, slash, just like in that dead zone of, because like the way that like people like I mean one like generations in general are all modeled and like yeah. whatever, but like. There was one time where I saw a um, the way that somebody like divided millennials versus Gen Zers was like millennials were like nineteen eighty something to like ninety five, and then they said that Gen Z was ninety seven to like and everybody to like I don't know two thousand and whatever, and like literally like ninety six just did not exist for this person <laughs> as far as categorizing it. <laughs> So I was like, well, I guess uh, I'm nothing. <laughs> I am neither. I'm just... You're stuck in a kind of a cross. Yeah. Just kind of get, you know, the, the, the best and the, the worst of both worlds, as it were. Um, honestly, the big thing is you are just graduating and just get starting the post-academic mm-hmm. thing. And technically, I just graduated last year, but that was from a master's program. Like, we're in just different enough stages of life that we're dealing with different problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, as we always start this podcast, uh, with a long ramble and some bullshit, uh, <laughs> Jasmine, how have you been? I mean, long ramble and some bullshit are all of our podcasts. I don't know well, yeah. what you're talking about, but um, my week has been crazy. It's been a week of starting a new job, and... Not only is it just, like, a new job, it's also a new job at a place that is fucking crazy busy because I chose barista work as my, like, current, like, what I'm gonna... Intentionally and willingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I I definitely, like, went into this, like, knowing that, like, you know, customer service, whatever, potentially being busy because it's, like, barista work and, like, coffee is, like popular and whatever um i went into this like willingly and knowing exactly what might happen but (laughs) this place that i'm working at is fucking crazy busy um and there's just they're so understaffed as well and there's so many um so many new like trainees like me who are just coming in so you have like a bunch of, so I've, or I guess I should say like I have a bunch of like 
you know, tried and true, like, baristas who know what's going on and who are, like, good to go, but then there's just, like, that, like, dichotomy of, like, either it's, like, you have the people who know exactly what's going on who worked there for a long time, and then you have, like, all the new hires that they just got in. And And there's... Go ahead. You had mentioned, like, the new hires are not new baristas mostly, right? Like... Well, actually, I thought that that was... I thought that that was how it was going to be. But, like, I... Like, the way that training works at this place is... um, You have a, like... It's technically six... Your first six um, shifts are, like, your training uh, shifts and stuff. So you don't get, like, tips or anything during that. And, like, during that, like, training shift um, or training shifts... You're with, like, a, like, designated group for, like, the first couple, like, first three shifts. And then after that, you you kind of move off into, like, you know, directly working with the manager on, like, different shifts. So that, like, mm. you just get kind of that one-on-one time and everything. And also just, like, time on your, your own to kind of get, to get going and everything. Um, and the people that were in my shift group um, or, my, or my trainee group or whatever none of them had barista experience. Like, they had, like, one person had, like, worked at a juice bar, but everybody else never worked in coffee before. They'd worked oh, in... fun. Yeah, so, like, they had worked in, like, other stuff and whatever, and, like, had, like, you know, previous, like, job experience and everything, but I was the only one who knew, who had, like, gone into barista work before. Granted, it was, again, like, a lot. It was different from the places I'm working at now because again the place I'm working at now is like really crazy busy and the other place um I was primarily primarily working alone a lot of the shifts and like it got busy sometimes but like I would be able to handle that because it was like a small enough cafe and everything here it's like you never Hmm. work alone ever you're always with at least like you know three to seven or eight other people working at this like shop um but it was yeah, it was. Uh, it's just a lot of, a lot of learning, uh, learning new shit, learning new, uh, learning new recipes for all their drinks and all their food and all that fun stuff. Getting used to uh, that early uh, barista schedule. Um, I feel very. I'm happy that uh, happy and unhappy because. On the one hand, it's, like, I definitely went into the job wanting to work morning shifts and, like, morning shifts, like, only. Because, like, you know, on the one hand, you're getting up at 4 a.m. On the other hand, <laughs> you get off work at noon or 1 or 2 or whatever. So you have That's the whole... not worth 4 a.m. Oof, it's worth it for me. <laughs> I am so okay with it um, once I get used to it. But right now, I'm sitting in that just dead exhaustion of... I haven't had to wake up at 4 a.m. in a long time, or at least I haven't had to wake up at 4 a.m. consistently in a very long time, so I'm a little brain dead, and I already am just awkward and stumble over my words anyway, but we're going to see how well I do tonight when I'm just so fucking tired <laughs> in, in a way I haven't been tired in a, in a while. You know, adult tired... Adult tired is a thing. When you're when you become an adult, <laughs> you are generally just tired always in one way or another. Um, but this is a very much like I can feel it in my my in my eyes in my body. I am tired, not just like in my soul. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but anyway, that's been my week, past couple weeks. Um, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, a bit of crazy, a lot of crazy. Um, honestly, I think my biggest, largest complaint is that I am, uh, what is it, uh, not cooking very well for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, just because things are so crazy. I have a friend crashing on my couch. Um, which has actually been good in just the, like, uh, I owe the, the universe kind of to pay that forward because I dealt with it. Um, but also, like, I realize that there's a person who I can tolerate enough to potentially have a roommate, which would save me a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, but, and, like, we've been pretty good about cooking. We're not getting in each other's way or anything. But last week was camp. Next week's camp. Too, or two weeks from now is camp as well. Um, at work. Which means like last week was a madhouse. Um, and so I just kind of like buckled down and just focused on that stuff. And then going to dance and then back and forth kind of thing. And then mm -hmm. this week I got thrown off super bad because um, I had a concert yesterday that I went to. Which was real fun. Oh, but the opener was garbage, but it was a $20 concert, so what do you expect? Mm -hmm. um, it was for The Who. Did I ever send them to you? The Who? The Who, H-U. H-U? No. I, I They're just, a Hunnic rock band. I don't even know what that means. Do <laughs> you know what Hunnic means? No, I don't know what that means. So, like, the Huns, Mongolia. Oh! They're a, Mongol they're a Mongolian rock band, but they do, oh. uh, like... Traditional throat singing mixed with like rock music, oh, mixed with oh, like edging toward metal music. They're real cool. Mm -hmm. um, and it was weird because I like we found them like last year. They had mm -hmm. two songs out, and like YouTube algorithm just threw them at me one day, and I was like, "All right, like I'll click, on, I'll bite YouTube." You've had some decent stuff and some like Nazi stuff, you know the usual. Mm -hmm. um, listen to them, I'm like, damn, this is fun. This is really interesting. That was it, right? Like, cool, I'll share this with my friends. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, just some fun music to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. But no. Uh, turns out, they got a worldwide tour. Oh. They came to San Antonio. Uh, but that was yesterday. Um, but the concert started about an hour later than it was supposed to. Which means I was standing for an extra hour on my feet because it's all standing mute because it's of course it's one of those kinds of venues mm -hmm. um and then today was uh the day we do bingo stuff so i'm like running around like crazy over the entire tower mm -hmm. uh which means like i'm just like i have the equivalent of adult tired but mine is that i ran myself into the ground mm. uh, and i haven't really found a good way to relax and rest because i have a friend crashing on my couch it's a little harder for me to like just hyper zen out even though my friend's awesome and is real quiet and like you know doesn't really get in the way a lot of the time mm -hmm. uh, and then some of the you know stuff relationship side of things is a little weird and whatever um it is very hard to date busy people oh yeah it is very hard to date busy people when you're afraid of messaging them too much and coming across as weird i found a mm. whole new realm of anxiety <laughs> Uh, that I didn't know I had, but I actually did. Like I knew I had anxiety in that vein, um, mm -hmm. 
Like, I don't get anxious. Like, I don't spend the time... We talked about it a little bit in the in the bad day. Like, I don't spend... It takes a lot to get me in, like, an anxious cycle of, like, mm-hmm. actually having anxiety about things. Right up until you give me a relationship that I care about. And I'm not immediately already comfortable with. And then I hit a giant wall of anxiety. And it's real fun. Well. <laughs> um... Plus, like, figuring out costume stuff. And I, I swear, I, and this is kind of an eternal state, I'm forgetting something big. What, like, besides costume stuff? Or, like, in... Besides, yeah. There's something I'm forgetting. Like, I've run into this thing, and I've noticed this, uh, given the nature of the job I work, there's so much stuff that's moving at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like... It's almost a form of low-key anxiety, but there's this just back of the mind, like, you're forgetting something. <laughs> and I never know what I'm forgetting, but it's always there. <laughs> you need that, um... Or I guess that wouldn't be helpful. I was gonna say, you need the that, like... What was that one thing from Harry Potter? The Remembrall or whatever? That thing in, like, the first movie that Neville had for, like, oh, a hot yeah. second. But, like... That tells you you're forgetting something? It just tells you that trouble you're forgetting is you something. Can't... It doesn't trouble tell you... Trouble is you can't remember what Yeah, you're exactly. Forgetting. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, um, no, that's been my weeks, my last two weeks, uh, of just craziness and then just, like, okay, I can breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm doing this at, like, 9.49 at night, my time. You know, getting ready to be a little low. Like, I turned off my alarm after the concert yesterday. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to be late to work. And then went to bed. Well. And was late by about 30 minutes, which is nothing. Yeah. Um, Because I have an adult job where people don't yell at you for being four hours late. You know, for being, like, a little bit late. Mm -hmm. Not to dunk on your kind of work, but, like, I've always kind of mentally separated... The kind of jobs where you get where you have to show up at the exact dot or you get in trouble mm-hmm. from the kind of jobs where like the kind of work you do you need to be there you can't be four hours late yeah. but like if you're 45 minutes late it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. and i've kind of always separated those as um uh as like two different types of jobs and i've always considered the, the latter an adult job Um, which might be by an inherent bias on my part, but I mean, it was yeah. definitely. But like, it's always been my. Go ahead. No, no. Was, the other thing I consider an adult job, and I don't have this yet, is not having to bat, clock out for lunch. Mm. Being salaried. Right. And I, I'm not that yet. I'd love to be salaried so I could clock out for lunch. So I don't have to clock out for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's been my last two weeks. None of that really segues into what we wanted to talk about this week. Um, partially because we didn't really think about what we wanted to talk about, because we were all still, like, recovering from our crazy week. Yeah. Um, so we, we went back into our little bucket of, like, um, oh, craps that we keep. I mean, we like, uh, always have that, though. Like, we, we don't, like, you say that, like, we don't ever... Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just, I'm open, I'm going to open up the closet or whatever. What is that called? Like, 
You, oh, you get to peek behind the curtain. Pull the curtain. Everything. Yeah, I get yeah. to pull the curtain back. Closet, That that's a... That's my gayness coming out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything's a closet. Um, but yeah, pulling back the curtain a little bit. Um, we, don't, we don't plan shit. We don't plan things. Like we, we should. I mean, yeah, we should plan it out. Like, I guess I say that. Like we like. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Like sometimes, like on like you know, we have like a rare, rare things that we're like, I don't know. Where you're not brain dead, we have a couple minutes to like, all right, what should we talk about next? Yeah, like that's basically um, it. Or like some one of us will like say something like earlier in the day and be like, hey, can we talk about this today? Mm-hmm. Like we have that, but planning out like, you know, as like maybe what we should like plan out right after we finish this session. What do we want to talk about next week or whatever? We're no, not going to do that, guys. Do I that. promise. We don't do that. Because... We'll talk for a while after we wrap up this podcast. We're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, what we're going to talk about today is... The, the the title we put is just Fandoms. But real, realistically, what we're going to talk about um, is our approach to fandoms and what a fandom is for people who aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to keep fandoms in our oh shit pile for when we talk about like specific fandoms. Um as well so this probably will come up a couple of times because there's a lot of different ways to approach fandoms and our way we're talking about right now is literally how like me and jasmine interact with the concept of fandoms and fandoms as a thing mm-hmm. um and she's hearing for this for the first time right now is a more specific version of what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. um. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with what is a fandom and i'm actually going to let you do this because you've probably done this more than me. I don't know that I have. Because I think for me, so many of my... It, it's just it's been a while since I've had to define fandom. Just because so much of my, like, I guess the people I hang out with, the even the classes that I took at, like, when I was in college and everything. Like, I was a comic studies minor. And the crossover between people who take classes that are comics related and people who are involved in fandom i mean there's not you know it's not like the highest percentage of like you know crossover but there's a decent enough crossover and when you're a person like me who's been in like fandoms for you know a solid decade plus of my life you're able to pinpoint who might be in your class the most likely people who are going to already be involved in like fandoms and whatever and know what you're talking about. So it's like... Is this your way of saying you don't know how to say it? Yes. <laughs> this is my long explanation of... I'm not entirely sure. Because, I mean, the other thing is that like we can also go the, the bullshit like college, like, you know, college discussion, college lecture like route and be like, hmm fandom is like kind of undefinable because it's all it's ever evolving and all changing and whatever but no so here's the thing fandom what fandoms are is essentially subcultures um if you're familiar with uh k-pop sports team culture technically like all the people who are super into sports teams are into a fandom yeah yeah uh that fandom is the organ ducks which are trash or well (laughs) <laughs> Hold, let's or, not let's not like 
You don't even have a dog in that fight, pun not intended. No, I don't have any dog like, in that fight. I'm just so starting like, why shit. Are you? <laughs> uh, because I knew it would start shit. Um. Um. But so basically, what a fandom is is it's a subculture of fans, people who uh, centered around a specific uh, show, sports team, group, music group, just about anything. Um, but they're usually exemplified more by. It's not just, hey, we all like this thing. It's, this thing is a major, like, we consider this thing really important. And there's, like, a community that interacts with itself. Um, yeah. But, like, it's I think a little... that, I mean, it's a little bit muddled. And, like, I think because, like, you say, like, you say that and I'm like, I'm, I agree with you, like, 100% that, like, you know, sports culture is in, is, is in and of itself a fandom. And in and of itself, like, they wouldn't, but they wouldn't really know, is the thing. And, like, they don't really think about it like that. Like, I don't think that there are very few sports fans who think of that, you know, as being, like, adjacent to, like, convention goers and, like, comic con nerds. But, like, right, but people but, who do fantasy football haven't realized that what they're doing is playing sports D&D. Well, yeah, but like that, but that's what I'm saying though. Is that like, I think that there's something really interesting, and like, I mean, I think it's like very telling, um, that they don't see that as the same thing, and like that's telling of like that's telling of like masculinity. That's telling about like our culture, um, but it it kind of I was I was like I said I was spouting bullshit when I was saying that like fandom is like you know kind of like ever evolving and whatever but like I mean it is like true to an extent like especially like yeah and but... what the nature of fandom is what it changes a lot partially because fandoms uh, the big fandoms the things that consider themselves fandoms interact a lot on places like Tumblr um, where there's a lot of like people thinking and reacting to the very idea of labeling something a fandom. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So it's going to be a thing in that respect, right? Like, it's going to be... Um, but for the, the, the people who don't understand what the word fandom means, the easiest way to think about it is it's a portmanteau of fan and kingdom, I'm pretty sure. Um, and it's essentially just... A con- it's uh, a community of people centered around a specific media property um sports team uh music group like any anything really anything that people can like be fans of is where you would find a fandom Mm -hmm. now the trick is when we talk about fandom what we're referencing is more of what jasmine was talking about a little bit uh which is the uh the, the the nature of a fandom is nebulous it's hard to define um, but we're going to talk about things like the Supernatural fandom, <laughs> which is a large, very vocal, very active community of uh, fans who are very serious about their Supernatural. Yeah. Um, and generally, fandoms are generative. You get art, you get... Um, like, the fandoms that we're talking about, you get a lot of art, you get a lot of uh, fan fiction, you get a lot of alternative media being generated on the backs of the thing that people love um which is awesome that's usually a sign that people really love something is when they're willing to generate media based on that 
it's the first sign that we all we all knew uh, Overwatch was going to be amazing was because everybody started doing fan art right away. And that, you could look at, at that and be like, ah, over, the game Overwatch is going to be huge because they just did the trailer and people are doing fan art. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to go first or should I go first on fandoms? Um, I'm, you should go first. I, I'm interested to hear how, like, how you, like, how you you're gonna talk about like how you interact with it? I think that's, I'm interested to hear. Yeah, that. so, I, come to fandoms in a very weird way, um, and this is gonna be a common theme I think, people will hear, uh, when I talk about stuff, which is that I don't get, I I get hyper fixated on stuff and get super involved in things. A lot of the time, it tends to be my own content, right? Like. I streamed myself writing on every Saturday. I was writing for like six hours this Saturday. Um, and a good chunk of that time was me going down a, a ridiculous like academic rabbit hole. Um, but I never became a part of what you would consider like proper fandomness. Um, fan fiction never made sense to me. I love fan art, but I'm not good at making it. So I was never like active in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do internet community very well like i'm real bad at being a part of an internet community even when the internet community actively wants me to be a part of them unless it's me talking to friends already pre-existing community right Mm -hmm. like i'm real good at talking to my friends now online um but uh that's not the same thing as an internet like that's just me continuation of my like existing community Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm real bad about being part of like I'm part of a writer's discord or I'm part of a uh, like Latinx and gaming discord and I'm real bad at being active on these things Mm -hmm. Um, so I never got into the fandom which is largely built off the internet side of things in that way so my approach to fandom is largely from the outside like I go in and go find generative the, the generative material that the fandoms create and I'm like, I appreciate that, that like, custom photo of the, you know, SR-71, or SR-70 Normandy. Mm-hmm. SR Norman? I don't remember the number. Um, or, like, I appreciate the people who make Star Wars videos, like, deep Star Wars lore videos mm-hmm. on YouTube. Um, or Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> because I'm a nerd. And, like, I appreciate involving myself in the fandom in that way, but I'm not actively like participating in the fandom i'm not going to be in the tags on tumblr talking about the fandom Mm -hmm. or the thing i'm a you know the show or the media property i'm a part of so my approach to fandom is completely from the exterior um like completely separated out from the actual Mm -hmm. fandom interesting how about you yeah i'll let you talk now (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's interesting that like like you you talk about that about like being from the outside because of like all of those things and it's like I kind of have a similar experience up until a certain point just because like I've been I guess like like I said earlier I've been like been in around like fandom culture for like over a decade of my life um like I guess the first thing that like, like I remember back in like elementary school, like, God, I'm just, 
we're just, you know, because we're going to be talking about this, I'm just going to be opening up a whole, like, we're just going to be opening up our, like, or at least my deep, dark past, um, which we've been slowly unraveling during this podcast anyway. Um, like, one of the first, like, quote-unquote fandom things that I really interacted with was when I first uh, found out about, like, found out about anime in a really concrete way, because, like, I watched, like, Sailor Moon when I was, like, five or whatever, and, like, I had, like, VHS tapes of, like, all those, like, of all the Sailor Moon movies and, like, like the first, like, couple episodes and whatever, but, like, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that as, like, anime as, like, a concept and as, like, a thing that, like, I could be, like, a fan of or whatever until I watched Naruto when I was in, like, fifth grade (laughs) and from there started, like, you know, looking up stuff about Naruto, watching Naruto, watching Toonami, and, like, finding other anime and whatever, and, like, that was when I kind of found out about, like, um, uh, like, fan fiction as well, and, um, where we kind of diverge is the fact that I've re- I've been reading fan fiction since I was, like, yeah, since about that time, fifth or sixth grade, been reading fan fiction, and it was something that I really connected with and for some reason I really just like really loved doing it and I I also grew up writing like um and like sorry I'm like I'm like having flashbacks because like even before I (laughs) (laughs) I'm like wait a minute I was writing like fan fiction before like (laughs) um before I even like knew about like fandom and everything um, even like before I was watching Naruto, I was watching. I was re- I was writing like fan fiction about like totally spies and all that stuff too. So I take it back. But um, but as far as just like interacting with fandom, like and fandom stuff. Wait wait directly, wait 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 wait. Hmm? Did you say you wrote totally spies fan fiction? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Or like. You know how, like, I mean, I don't, well, actually, I don't know, I don't know if you, if you've done this, but, like, I know when I was, like, really young and I was writing and stuff, it would just be total rip-offs of, like, everything that I, like, watched or read. It just, like, you know, changed, like, a little bit and, like, changed the name a little bit or changed the, changed some little details, but it's, it's really just, like, a rip-off of, like, whatever world you just, like, read or watched or whatever. And I did a similar thing with, like, with, like, Totally Spies and some other stuff, um, until, like, I started, like really actually reading fan fiction and like seeing like oh like you can like be more creative than that and like use these characters in like different ways and like do this and that um but yeah i mean i i we can do a whole episode on fan fiction we could Uh, we really could i I made that note already yeah Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, but i will say i've almost read no fan fiction I mean, it'd be interesting to, like, talk about, because, like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's the differences. So, I'm... I was... I still am. The kind of person who will voraciously, obsessively memorize everything about a fan... Uh, like, a, a piece of media that I'm part of. Like, the Mass Effect games. Mm-hmm. I, I memorized enough that I didn't have to look up stuff. Except for maybe a map. Um, when I ran a year and a half long Mass Effect game. Mm-hmm. 
I just had all that in the back of my head. Um, I could have done the same thing for Tolkien for a long time. Uh, I can do that for Code Geass. Um, I can do that for a lot of things where I voraciously like will memorize all the deep lore of something. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go out and talk about that stuff on the internet. I'll talk about it with friends. But I'm not going to go talk about it on the internet or um, write anything about it kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's not, that, that, that's a difference. Like, I will know all this information and have no reason to have memorized everything about the history of the Holy Britannian Empire that is shown in the shows. Mm-hmm. I will also not go read all the supplemental material and die, well, I sometimes will, but very rarely <laughs> will I go down, down the, the rabbit holes of like, Oh, you have to play this game to learn this one fact. Like, you know, I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, I couldn't tell you shit about the characters. Uh, I can tell you everything about the geopolitical world, but I couldn't tell you more than anything about the main character of a lot of the properties. Mm. Yeah, I guess uh, which I is guess... always. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say which has always excluded me from. Uh... Always felt like it's partial part of the reason I'm I'm out of the I'm on the outside of fandom stuff. Yeah, because I think that, because that's something, yeah, that's definitely somewhere where, like, we, we really differ, too. It's like, I mean, yeah, I've, like, read fan fiction for a decade and however many years, um, and have, like, always really enjoyed it, but, like, the other side of it is, like, I, I've always really been in, when I'm in a fandom, I'm in it for, like, the characters and that kind of stuff, and I'm, you know, like, I, I've never really been a big fan of world building or of like as far as like I like it to the extent of like when it when it enhances enhances things about the characters um not necessarily like which I mean like which I mean it's like a thing that like should happen like regardless or whatever but um I guess just yeah in general it's like I've always been really big about the, the characters and everything but um I guess I mean the other thing is that like where we're also where we're really similar too is like I actually because like you were talking earlier about how like you like I said you or like you said you're like you've always been like outside of like you've kind of been on the outside looking in as far as like fandom goes and everything and like I've been kind of similar to the extent of like where like yeah I've been on I've, I've been reading fan fiction and like even writing it to an extent and like posting it on like fanfiction.net and all that stuff but um back in the day um and like yeah I like post on tumblr and stuff but like there's I don't really remember ever like directly interacting with people even on tumblr and stuff like I would never really go out of my way to like talk directly to people like super super often so it's kind of like like fandom a lot of the time especially like internet or I guess specifically internet fandom is like you're all kind of standing in a room where you can't really like it it's like it's like a silent disco almost of like yeah a silent what a silent disco um <laughs> it's like like that the concept of like a silent disco is like you you're you go into a you go into a room and there's a bunch of people there but instead of, like, all of you guys are listening to the same music, it's you bring your own music, you bring your own headphones, and you just dance around with people 
and like you're all like you're all dancing you're all in the same room but you're listening to different things so you can like kind of have your own music rather than having to to deal with like other like a dj's music and everything um but like fandom can kind of work similar similar similarly to that but like more more than a sense of you're all listening to the same song but it's like a different remix if that makes sense um and that's kind of and like you know sometimes you'll like I'm not going to stretch the metaphor any farther than that. Um, <laughs> That's a hella obscure metaphor, by the way. <laughs> um, but, like, I I kind of, I definitely was, like, you know, sitting all in the same room. Um, you know, sitting in a room with a bunch of people. But I never went out of my way to, like, interact with anybody else, really. Like, sometimes, yeah. Like, but I never really, call, like, you know, um, what's the word when you not, like, uh, when you, you kind of... Um, Oh, I don't remember words. Um, cultivate? Cultivate! Ha! <laughs> um, I'm good, guys. Thank you. Um, I never went out of my way to, like, cultivate, like, any sort of really, like, friendships online or anything. Um, just because that was never really my thing. So, for as much as I've been, like, involved in it, I've also haven't really been involved in it. Uh, up until, like, as far as, like, having, like, online friends and everything. Like... I've only just recently, like, kind of started becoming friends with more and more people online. But that's through, like, cosplay stuff. That wasn't necessarily through, like, fandom stuff. Because I no. also, like... Like, yeah, I wrote fanfiction a little bit, but I wasn't, like, any good. And also, I'm not... I'm also not an artist. So I didn't really get the, uh... That sort of aspect of it. So... I've also kind of been outside looking in to an extent, too. But... Well, and you do cosplay, and this will this links to a little bit more of like we talked about it. I think did we do cosplay yet? No, because we were waiting. Um, right. Uh, we should plan that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, loops back a little bit to like we we do cosplay in distinctly different ways. Yeah. Um, and it 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 mostly roots to the way we do character versus world. Mm-hmm. Which then relates to how we interact with fandom but you do cosplay in a very fandom centric way yeah yeah that's very true uh your cosplay is very much about like celebrating the being a fan part of it but also like being accurate to the character but being willing to like do silly funny things that are accurate to like the fandom's idea of how the character is yeah yeah um, that's absolutely right so when, like I said, when I talk about fandom being generative, there's a lot of stuff about fan fiction. But even it's not even fan fiction; it's fan characterization, fan writing of characters. Yeah. Uh, where like Prince Zuko becomes, you know, in the fan in like the fandom's general conception, is the grumpy. Uh, I can't remember what it what the word is. Uh kind of the grumpy like punk right grumpy edgelord punk but like who has a heart of gold yeah that's exactly it um and that becomes like the accepted interpretation of that character now there's everybody's doing everything in fandom there's but it's so it's like jasmine could do a zuko cosplay in like casual zuko and as long as you have the trademark points in the character 
the fandom is going to be like, oh, I understand that that's Zuko. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who Zuko is, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it would be... Um, I can't think of how Star Wars does it. Star Wars is such a weird fandom because it's so mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's Iron Man and Spider-Man. Um, the fandom has taken the parental figure um, diectomy that the movies have built on mm-hmm. and run with it a little further. Yeah. Um, you know, so now it's like, oh no, here's a fun little like 30 second snippet on the internet or, you know, of like like five lines of dialogue of like Tony going to a parent-teacher conference. Yeah. And he's like the super crazy, weird, like embarrassing dad. Mm-hmm. And... Or like, or like the whole idea of like the Avengers just all living in the same tower and like all being like a giant found family. Like that idea is like pretty widely accepted by like the fandom at large. Just because Yeah, it's and like... so fandoms... Go ahead. I'll let you talk. No, no, no. no. Um... <laughs> Um, I mean, but yeah, it's like, and it can, and it like ranges a lot. And it's, it, I think one thing that also, like when you're kind of involved in the fandom in that way, it's, it becomes, well, like one, you, there, you know, it's, it's kind of like that idea of, um, oh, what's that one Batman quote? Um, like, uh, you either die, you either die a hero or you live long and long enough to see yourself become the villain like fandom like very much is like kind of taking that and run with it like because like continuing with like the avengers stuff and this is are you okay yeah i'm good (laughs) um with like the avengers stuff too to like continue off that it's like avengers at this point is kind of you know it's tony's dead it's it's done like the the like the the like avengers as we know it is like done and, like, the fandom that, like, I interact with and stuff, it's, like, I kind of definitely am in the realm of, like, I'm just going to ignore the fact that Tony is dead and the fact that Captain America went back in time and decided to live out his depression fantasy and, like, ruin all of Peggy Carter's, um, like, you know, character development. I'm not bitter at all. Um, and I'm just going to forget that any of that happened and think that they're all just, like, a happy family. And, like, the general, like, when you're in, like, the fandom and stuff, it's, like, that kind of stuff. It's, like, it's, like, it's almost as easy to forget that, like, so canon exists. I dug up a, a bustle argument or paper that's really good about fandom. Uh, fandom's really old. The phrase fandom le- le- uh, ranges back to the 1903 at the like, at like in print for the first time, kind of thing. But like in um, reference to what? Uh, baseball fandom. Uh, fandom puzzled over John uh, Johnsonian statements talking about some kind of baseball thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> the etymology of it is fan, which is fan, um, and dom, which would either be kingdom or earldom, but also a state. It is a, you know, fandom is a kingdom in itself. It's not just fans and kingdom, it's... um, And one of the things that fandoms have an issue with is ownership over media. Yeah. Um, Like, Jasmine's very mad about Cap going back. Um, 
and to a certain extent that's be like her she's so deep in the fandom that like she feels like those you know she doesn't explicitly feel like she owns those characters oh yeah no but there's a bit of you that feels like you own those characters you know like you're like ah that's that's not what my cap would have done yeah oh yeah 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 um and that's fine until it becomes like people yelling at the author on the internet because the author yeah. screwed up yeah um, or, or it becomes uh, what happened to Star Wars yeah. with episode 8. And I am part of that community where I'm like, I don't like the things that have happened, some of the things in episode 8. They're not the things that the fandom, the large angry fandom is mad about. My issues are like, I, th- I liked hyperspace the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like, my right. issues are like world building consistency not characters and plot development stuff. Although some of that bugs me a little bit, yeah. but yeah. Or you kind of also get the side of it, um, and this this more often happens when the fandom is too big. But like also just with like, you know, this is where you get like the ship wars and the like <laughs> the you know person to person in the fandom itself like being like having animosity and fighting, and that's where you kind of get a lot of the toxicity. Um, and also just getting that, like, not even just online, but it's something that, something I've had to deal with a little bit, like, cosplaying from, like, popular fandoms is mm-hmm. the kind of sometimes toxic interactions that you can have, like, with people in person, especially when you're dressed up as one character or another, and, you know, like you just have different expectations about like who you ship that character with or just who that character is in general and it just it can it can get messy in Hold all on. sorts of ways terminology Term- shippy oh yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah yeah shipping for people who don't know is the idea of um you it's like when you you like the idea of these two characters being in a relationship so you ship them um granted like the traditional like meaning is only in regards to romantic relationships but that also like and that's like the predominant like meaning behind ship but you can also like 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 the idea of having um oh and the other like a the terminology you know would be like otp which is like your one true pair one true pair yeah your one like the one ship relationship that you would you hold and love above all the other ones in that show whatever um harry and hermione for example which i agree with <laughs> I, I personally like we're not gonna dive too much into it but i'm just saying i always liked Harry and Hermione more than I liked. I generally stay out of the shipping stuff, partially because I don't care that much about character. I care about characters, but not that much. Um, but that is one of the few things where I'm like, that feels like the right choice narratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's like the one example of like, that I think is mass media enough that people, or uh, what's her butt? Mockingbird. games yeah it's uh oh i don't remember what her what, what's her name it's pita and katniss, katniss and, and pita or, uh, uh pita and 
don't remember what the other dude's name is. That love triangle that, that we can't dude. remember. <laughs> uh, or, you know, uh, Bella and Edward, and or Jacob. Bella and Jacob. <laughs> uh, and having it deliberately ambiguous, like, that is a major set of ships. Yeah. Um, but we won't spend too much time breaking that down, but just... Yeah, that's just general uh, terminology, but... Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting, because fandom's a huge thing. It's it's what drives Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's what drives multi-million dollar properties. Um, but it is also very unique, and often somewhat in a legal gray area. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, because... You grew up in a you grew up in fandoms like that was your thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't remotely. Um, like you could probably point to points in my life where I'm like, oh, you're part of the token fandom, and it's like, no, I just happened to memorize a ridiculous amount of the similarly similarly mm-hmm. because I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. Um. It has nothing to do with the fact that, like, I'm not going to be out there participating in the fandom discourse. Um, but yeah, I figured this would be an interesting bit of topic for us. Yeah. And, I don't know, have we talked a little bit of, like, how your cosplay... Talk a little bit more about how cosplay and the fan and fandom specifically interact. Yeah, um, I guess, like... Like, I kind of talked about a little bit of how, like... Or, or I guess you talked about a little bit of, like, how, like... Like, fandom can really just um, affect how, like, people cosplay if that if they're, like, into the fandom and everything. Because, like, people who cosplay aren't always part of the fandom and everything. But, like, a lot of the time, like, like you said, it's, like, if there's a certain, like, generally agreed-upon part of, you know, or aspect of, like, this character... Like, that can affect, that, like, by the fandom and the part of the fandom that you're, like, directly involved in. Like, it can often, like, affect the way that you cosplay the character. Whether that's, like, choosing casual outfits or just, like, how you act as that character in general. Or, like, how you, like, or what photographs you take as that character or whatever. But, um, I guess for me, like, not even talking specifically about, like, um about the way that I cosplay and how that's affected by, like, or I, and how that's affected by, like, fandom and everything. I guess, like, the fact that I cosplay at all has affected the way that I interact in fandoms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, one, it's, you, again, like, when you, um, like, one aspect of cosplay that's, like, really, really cool is, like, the fact that you get to embody this character, and especially when you go to, like, conventions and stuff, and, you know, you, and you just kind of walk around, and you're dressed as a character, it, it's a a really cool aspect of it, is the fact that, like, is when, you know, people come up to you, and are like, oh, are you this person, or whoever, and, like, can I take a photo of your, of your cosplay and everything, because, like, you're embodying, like, this character that, like, you know, this person, like, clearly, like, really enjoys and everything, um, and, like, being able to, and being able to, like, make friends that way, and, like, therefore, like, you get more involved in, like, the fandom in that way, because you, like, cosplayed as it, so, like, clearly, like, you guys have, like, mutual interests and everything, it's, like, that's what really has affected me, is, 
being is like being able to make these friends and like being able and then like also like finding other people who like cosplay like from the same like show or you know cosplay the same character or whatever it's like being able to have that interaction in person um has been like really cool and then like has it affected the way that I'm involved with it just because again like I have I have more friends that way and I found like people who I like really love and enjoy being friends with and everything through like cosplay and everything um fun fact that was actually how I met my partner was through cosplay so like you know it's another another way but like also just I don't know in general I think that also one aspect for me has been like I've been I'm still involved in like the inter in internet fandom in general, but because I kind of get a lot more fulfillment from people I know directly, it's like, yeah, like a lot of the people that I am friends with and everything, I'm like interacting with them through the internet and everything and like through social media and all that stuff. But I've been slowly but surely just kind of like moving my way out of like directly involved in like fandoms since I've made all these friends just because it's like you know I, I used to kind of get my fulfillment from being just in like that like I was talking about earlier just being in like that room with a bunch of other people who are like all like watching the same show or whatever it's like I kind of get that but in person now and and that's not to say also that like people can't have both or whatever like this is just me because like I don't know that's just how I am I also have like other shit I'm we're doing. both but, yeah, I was gonna say we're both terrible at <laughs> being part of like widespread online communities in the way that like people who get seriously into fandom that is what they do. Yeah. Um, and like honestly, like, it's they really. Spend... Go ahead. I don't know. I was gonna say they just spend a lot of time on like dug into like the fandom itself, and you know, like they spend a lot of time online in those forums, in the in the Tumblr spaces, and in the internet spaces that people. Mm-hmm. frequent and it's like really admirable especially when you're a content creator doing that like like whether it's you're out there creating art or whether like you know even if you're like making gifts or slash gifs whatever you however you want to pronounce it whatever i'm not gonna i love i love um, passively accruing all that information yeah uh, or i love a passively enjoying all of that from the distance yeah same without being a major part of it yeah i feel that um but like all that takes a lot of energy no matter what like you know again whether you're making art or whether you're making edits or making fan fiction videos whatever whatever aspect of like fandom that you're doing it's like all that is just and being being involved in that and try and also just like putting yourself out there in that way and interacting with people online even if like you're somebody who doesn't create anything but you just happen to like comment on people's art all the time or comment on like people's like fan fiction or whatever um which you should do anyway honestly comment more on people's fan fiction like on like everything like do like give people praise for shit like that because like again like I oh said, yeah like, it's doing, a lot it's doing crazy. all that it's is, a lot of free content it's yeah it's free content that's the biggest thing is that and like you were talking about earlier this is like a legal gray area where like right now we're kind of in this like sweet spot where um artists and like and actually like a lot of like the the you know big big wigs who are behind all of this content 
um, not all of them are, like, chill with it, but, like, a lot of them are, like, well, it's bringing new eyes to our shit, and, like, we're not losing, like, a shit ton of money that we care about over it, so we're not gonna, like, bring anybody to, like, legal whatever over any of this stuff yet. Um, it's important. Um, it means your fans are engaged. People yeah. who are part of your fandoms... People, if you have a lively, active fandom, as long as it hasn't turned toxic in a way that is, like, all about, um, the fans now think they, like, they own the content in a way that is incredibly toxic, mm-hmm. having an active, vivacious fandom just means you have people who love your work. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if those people are generating fan art, you know, non-official art, non-official this, non-official that... What they're doing is constantly building hype. They're maintaining... You have a built-in audience at that point. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Even when it gets into more adult stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, But yeah. It's... The fact that, like, artists, like, content creators are able to, like, make money off of this stuff and make money off of, like, fandom and their, like... And their positions in fandom is, like, really rad. And people, and, like, it also, again, just takes a lot of energy and takes a lot of work. And a lot of the times people, you know, again, people are making money off of it, but it's not, like, viable living wages off of it. So being able to, having, like, people comment on their stuff and just, like, give give your praise to somebody that way is, like, super, super important. Um, uh being people's patreons and all that stuff is super important this this went in like this little ramble of mine went into a direction i wasn't expecting but that i still think is very true (laughs) (laughs) it's okay you were a robot for a lot of that so i just kind of let you talk and like was listening real hard on the side (laughs) i think i just went into like um when you're in like you know uh when you're in a like a service position you get into a zone of like you're able to just kind of to talk about nothing for like you know the couple minutes that you have to entertain your guests like between like during your interaction when you're giving them their (laughs) stuff and i think i just did that but like not that we're talking about nothing but like you know (laughs) my brain is so fandoms are nothing jasmine (laughs) no (laughs) um I just went into, like, like service industry robot speak, even while talking about something that I love, because I'm brain dead, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, all of that to say that, like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're genuinely, like, that was kind of the point of this one was uh, partially, like, oh, crap, we need to figure out something, but also just kind of... It, we have two very distinct perspectives on the way we interact with fandom. Um, as much as we have like similarities, I'm like I don't do fan like I'm not I don't do the fandom side of things. Like I won't freak out over this or that. Like I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole that deep um, most of the time. There's every so often there's something, mm-hmm. uh, but even then it's not the world to you know. Whereas you, like, you also jump into fandoms all the time. That was, I guess, the other thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
if I'm gonna do fandom stuff, it might be Mass Effect. That the the last good Mass Effect came out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be Halo. The last good Halo came out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't interact. I'm not like gonna generate. You know, I'm gonna just be like, no, I have a ridiculous amount of stuff memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my interaction with the Halo world. Uh, like, I'm a fan of things. I'm not usually a part of the fandom. Um, mm-hmm. Because those people are more hardcore. Whereas you're like, you watched a new anime last week, and now you're like a part of that fandom. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of uh, hyperfixations. That's the other thing about fandom. Fandom is very, like, hyper becomes hyperfixated on something. And then... And then either you stay in it for a while, or you, like, will stagnate in one area of fandom. Or at least, like, this is my experience of, like, I will stagnate in one area of, or one, like, one fandom. And then, like, move into another one, go back to that stagnated one. It's just, it's a lot of, uh, it's, it all comes down to hyperfixation. <laughs> a lot of fandom does. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fandom is a lot about being, like, um, you know, hyperfixated on a property in a way that... Yeah. Um, I mean, like, honestly, that's, like, I think that's, you know, if we're gonna, like, define aspects of fandom, one of them is hyperfixation. It's, like, if anything, um, it might be I guess the, biggest the other one I would be a part of is Doctor Who, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be my other major fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, like, I will talk about Doctor Who for days, but I won't do it in a way that I consider myself a part of the fandom. Mm-hmm. It's hard to define where that line is. That line is really weird. Yeah. That's weird. Um, but before we ramble for too much longer trying to reiterate the same points over and over again, we're going to go ahead and call it here. <laughs> uh, we're actually about to hit our hour, which is really nice. That's really rare That's of us. That's good timing. Uh, we're, we almost made it. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow uh, us on the socials um we actually now have a twitter account Mm -hmm. that i forget the name of um but i'm pretty sure it's just oh well redbird let me just double check that really quick i'll link it it is oh well it is oh well redbird one and i don't know where the one came from on twitter but apparently we got stuck with a one (laughs) Uh, where we also have a facebook page same thing uh that one's just oh well redbird uh, but you can follow, like, the actual proper podcast on the internets now. All mm-hmm. it is is, hey, there's a new episode up. Um, you can follow me at Redbreard. R-E-D-B-R-E-A-R-D. The spelling that has eternally ruined how I spell both bread and beard. Uh, and you can find me just about anywhere on the internet with that. Um, and if you can't find me, it's because I'm not meant to be found there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Jazz? Um, you can find me at um, Mockingbirds with a 3 instead of a C on Twitter. And Birdie with a Y dot cause on Instagram. Um, I'll link everything um, and every... All of our, like, all of this podcast social media and, like, our individual social medias, it'll all be in the description of this week's episode. I forgot to post it in last week's, but this week's it'll be, 
it'll be up and going. So we actually hit mental health day almost on the dot. Without even that was accidental. That was completely. That was, yeah. So, good on us. Maybe, maybe if we're lucky, we'll have like International Fandom Day or whatever. But I don't think it's as likely this time around. Um, no, that was impressive. That was pretty good. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you hopefully in a week. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. But probably, if not, in two weeks for sure. Yeah. At the very We're heading into the holidays. Life gets crazy in the holidays. Yeah. Once, like, my like, work fun. schedule calms down, too, and hopefully I'll have, like, something settling some sort of regu- regularity, too. But either way, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.